Hi everybody, and this is Nuna Master. Teach you how to make money with traveling the world, and she's a co-host, Tricky Shetty. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our lovely co-host, Rianne Shetty. Uh, she loves podcasting and she loves doing your intro, so we're teaching her all about doing interviews. And uh, while we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow world travelers, and fellow dads who are passionate about traveling. Uh, so uh, we've been actually traveling around the world for the last 11 months. We're currently in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and uh, we're loving the city. It's full of vibrancy and energy, and uh, we're in the Southern Hemisphere now, so it's a beautiful blue skies as we speak. And uh, as we're traveling, we love interviewing people. And uh, on today's show, we actually have a world traveler, and he's a dad he his kids are actually on the show as well, so it's great to have fellow dads with the kids on the show. And uh, he's the founder of Wing It Worldwide, and he's actually a dating and relationship coach. And he's able to fund his travels around the world with his family through his coaching. So we're going to be finding about uh, Scott McKay, his uh, website called Wing It Worldwide, his blogging, his podcasting, and his kids. Uh, so uh, let's uh, get to know you guys a little bit better. Why don't you do a quick introduction, and uh, you know, especially. Uh, talk about your family and the kiddos over there, Scott. All right. Well, first of all, it's great to be here, Ricky. Um, we're uh, a little jealous that you're in Buenos eating all that wonderful uh, bife de chorizo down there. It's like Morton Steakhouse for five bucks every time it's lunchtime. That's yes, amazing. Yes, delicious food over here. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. And um, also, <laughs> also, uh, you know, you guys have, you mentioned the beautiful blue skies at night. Your stars are completely different. You can see this, the Southern Cross down there, right? Yeah. In, in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I want to introduce everybody. I'm Scott. And uh, this is. Yeah. And this is. John. Yeah. And Sarah is five. Just like your daughter. Mickey Max turning 10. He turned 10. Today's his birthday. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, well, we been... love your son's birthday. We're gonna do a little happy birthday. Do you want to do it, Rianne? Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear John! Happy birthday to you! Yay! So, uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, pleasure to have the birthday boy on the show. And I know the kids, they might get bored of Scott and me talking, so before they get bored, we're going to get the kids to interview each other. And, you know, on a podcast, we love, uh, you know, getting the kids on and uh, uh, giving them the confidence and uh, the skill set of interviewing at such a young age. So, Rianne, you have a chance right? to yeah. ask the kids some questions. Go ahead. What's your favorite animal? John. Uh, my favorite animal is a wolf. Ah. My favorite animal is a giraffe and a zebra and the elephant. Mostly an elephant. You'd like to go on safari, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. We actually did a safari earlier this year. Do you remember all the animals you saw? Yeah. Uh, tiger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Monkey. Monkeys? What about the big five? Elephants. Elephants. Yeah, they froze. Because <laughs> they're in South America and they have an internet connection on the other side of the world. That's why. Yeah, and by the way, sorry, uh, everyone, if we have a uh, bad Wi-Fi, you know, life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. And uh, every now and then it might get choppy, but, uh, you know, we've got to live with it. So, Rihanna, a couple more questions. Go ahead. Well, I have a question for Rihanna. Favorite country. Favorite country. Well, my favorite country is Japan. 
My favorite country sanitarium. That's a Greece. Or the U.S. Or Germany. Oh. No? She, like, she likes it here the best. Awesome. I want to know where you guys went on safari and saw tigers. <laughs> I think she, she got confused. There was a... It was actually uh, lions, uh, leopards, and uh, elephants. Uh, I didn't know why she mentioned tigers. It was actually in uh, Cape Town, uh, sorry, uh, outside of Johannesburg at Kruger. We went to Kruger National Park, and we saw a whole bunch of uh, different wildlife over there. Wow, tigers, how amazing. Tigers, uh, I didn't know where she was. <laughs> and this I like cheetahs. Jared likes cheetahs, too. Cheetahs. Okay, last question, Rianne. Go ahead. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is um, sushi. My favorite food is pancakes. But I like and yours? Okay. So you guys have any questions for Rianne? Any more questions for Rianne? Do you have questions for her? Um, yeah. What's your favorite color? Ah. Uh, Light blue. Yeah. Light blue. Light blue? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let me think. What's your favorite color, Sarah? Pink. Mine. <laughs> mine is gold. Gold. Very good. Um. Awesome. What's your favorite type of rock, jewel, or metal? These questions are getting harder. Look at that. Getting more scientific. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can be right back. I'm want. gonna be right back. Okay. She likes. What do you like? Gems. Gems. She likes gems. Gem. Yeah, but which type of gem? Like a diamond, <laughs> emerald. Diamond. Oh, sweet. That's mine too. You're starting them early over there, Ricky. There you go. There you go. We're not gonna have a travel budget anymore if she keeps wanting diamonds. You know. <laughs> diamonds are a girl's best friend. They are. They are. Kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Sarah kids. She'll be right back. So oh, now she brought something. Oh, sweet. Oh no, this is what she brought. Why did you bring? <clears throat> That's a little one. No, it's a big one. Well, not as big as your your national ones. Um, yeah. this is a first place trophy from Sarah. Yeah. How how did you win that trophy, Sarah? From my crap. I'm gonna bring something back. Oh, no, Congrats no, you guys are starting to get a little full of yourselves. Okay. Now yeah, it's becoming like a show and tell podcast. Sarah just wanted to bring a little show and tell. Yeah, that's 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 their favorite thing to do nowadays. Awesome. Is they're BMX racers. Oh, um, that's so Sarah's. Yes. Yeah, that has American flag on it, which you like too. Well, thank you, kids. Uh, you know, it's great to have you guys on the show. And feel free to stick around as I ask your dad some questions. You know, you can stick around and make funny things. We're sorry, Rick. They were, they, were, they were thinking they, had, they could talk during the host speaking. So we've corrected that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. It's all good. All good. You know, I have, I have kids as well. So I can uh, totally, I would love to give them the entire show. But then uh, we got to get the, you know, uh, get the that's okay. Let's take this and put this up. Okay. Yes. Okay, we can put it right there.
That was their win number seven. They froze. You have to sit up on my knee a little bit. They can they can see you. See, look, right there is the camera. That's what they can see. So they have to make sure they can see you. And um and make sure. All right, you too. Still there? There you go. Now you guys are back. All righty. Uh, yeah, again, some technical issues. So, Scott, uh, you know, uh, why don't we do a quick introduction? I'd love to get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself and uh, your work, uh, your travels, et cetera. Okay. Well, um, just to give you a little background, Emily and I have been together since 2006, early 2006. Uh, we're about to have our 11th wedding anniversary. And Sarah and John are our two kids together. Sarah also has an older son. What's his name? David. David. And I also have an older daughter. What's her name? Danny. Danny. Danielle. And Danielle is 18 and John and Sarah and uh, and um David's gonna be 22. So we are a blended family and um we also have these two relative newbies now who we love. And we started Emily and I started world travel pretty early in our relationship we mm -hmm. took a honeymoon abroad and then we actually took another major trip down to where mm -hmm. you guys are right now to southern south america and um we uh then had a son 10 years ago today and um we decided hey you know now we have a baby maybe we better to better uh, calm down and stay at home until we realized why are we thinking that why do we necessarily have to stay home because we have a, a, a son? So about 2009, we decided once our online business was up and running uh, that you mentioned, uh, that we really could go anywhere in the world. Nothing was holding us back except perhaps our trepidation about traveling. So Emily and I left baby John with the grandkids for a while, and uh, we went to Asia, which we'd never been to, which we'd always wanted to go to, and just had an absolute great time. And uh, it was funny because we updated our will before we went to China, thinking something might happen. <laughs> and um, that just shows you how, how much trepidation we had. And um, But we had a wonderful time, and uh, we came home, and three months later, we went back to Asia again. And since then, uh, Sarah's been born. Uh, these kids have been almost to 30 different countries. Emily and I, since the beginning of our travels, have been to a over 100 together. And um, this year, we actually have challenged the world schooling model a little bit in that we haven't um, left the country at all. We're, we've been at our home in San Antonio all year. Is involved in the sport of bicycle motocross, which you just saw Sarah was so excited about. And our world schooling has enabled us to, to do the national and the world circuit here in, in, uh, in the United States for this sport. And so we've had a whole different type of adventures this year with our RV going all around the country. This is boring to you, isn't it? I'll just be in my truck. I'm just tired. <laughs> it's morning where we are, so they just woke up. And, um, and so that has been an equally exciting adventure as going all over the world with them 
but in a completely different way and and yet still in an educational way we're building their confidence and building uh some grit as angela duckworth likes to talk about if you've ever seen her her, her uh, ted talk about the importance of having mental toughness and, and grittiness and the kids have enjoyed it and met lots of friends from all over the country and uh, sarah went to the world championships this year in south carolina and made friends from all over the world racing and it's been uh, a completely different kind of out of the box kind of uh, uh, world world schooling experience, right? Yeah. Awesome. And we found out about the kids' favorite countries. Uh, anything stands out for you, Scott, in terms of cities, countries, places, areas of the world that have really stood out for you guys? I mean, it's impressive. You've been to 100 plus countries, uh, you know, as a couple and also now 30 plus countries as a family. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um we you mentioned that you went on safari we had a, a trip to east africa and south africa that we just cherished that trip um kenya stole our hearts we love kenya deeply um we've also been to ethiopia and found it wonderful um i think turkey is a wonderful country for kids isn't it you guys yeah and um i also enjoyed we enjoyed peru very immensely we enjoyed Cambodia immensely, and um, I'm I'm like my son, a huge fan of Japan. I just I just love going to Japan. So and and Emily's Emily's list is about the same. But every country we've ever been to was fascinating. You know, if you break it down by continent, um, you know, in in Europe, I think Germany's my favorite country to go to. I just love everything about Germany, modern day Germany. And um, you know, in Central America, we love Nicaragua. A lot um man we've thought about retiring to nicaragua um, we enjoyed australia immensely you know uh, the world is wonderful every country has so much to offer china is fascinating china you get lost in china. china yeah sarah wants to go to china it's the top of her list Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with your sentiment there, Scott. Uh, you know, every country has such a unique uh, place in this world. And, uh, you know, at the end of the, day, the world is a favorite. And, you know, you might have some that you prefer more than others, but definitely uh, every country is fascinating. And that's why we travel to learn about different cultures and people and food and lifestyle and similarities. So, Scott, uh, you're also the founder of uh, Winged Worldwide. Uh, tell us a little bit about the origin. I'd love to know about the name. Uh, where did you come up with the name? When did you start the site? And tell us a little bit more. Yeah, well, the, I think the, con the concept for Wing It Worldwide started in about 2009 when we first started traveling. Uh, Emily started scrapbooking, and that was going nowhere because she didn't really have time for that. So I was like, well, instead of scrapbooking, why not just have that be on the web? So we started Wing It Worldwide, finally got my web guy to do it for us. Uh, it came out really pretty, and we um, – did some blogging, took some pictures, and and focused it on uh, taking the kids all over the world. Um, some good travel stuff up there. We try to make it a little different than your typical travel blog. I am going to admit that we don't update it as much as we should, but there's a lot of content up there right now. Uh, the name is simply from, uh, it's kind of like a combination of flying everywhere and then just, you know, making plans you know, going places without making a whole lot of plans, which is actually not what we do. We, according to, we, we would think that we were pretty spontaneous, but, uh, uh, you know, compared to some other world scholars, we're not. We do plan out most of everything, but it's kind of a combination of just being spontaneous and, and flying all over the world. 
And, uh, you know, that's definitely the way to do it. The more I travel, the more spontaneous we get. We have a rough plan of where we're going, but, uh, you know, every day we kind of leave it up to happenstance or spontaneity or, uh, you know, synchronicity, if you want to call it that. Even today, you know, we're doing a few podcast interviews, but we're uh, going to set off and see where the road takes us because uh, uh, sometimes you come across some gems uh, and some uh, real great surprises uh, when you're traveling, uh, uh, winging it, as you say. So tell us about yeah. what are some of the, the, the topics, what are you writing about on your blog? Well, uh, we also have a podcast that goes along with it, and the podcast is, is really very fun. We, uh, what we do is we take, a top, we take a destination, and we give ourselves 10 minutes to talk about the destination before we get cut off. And we try not to talk, we try to talk about personal experience and funny things that happen and things that you won't ever hear about on any travel blog. So it's not like we talk, we go to Beijing and go, yeah, wasn't the Great Wall of China wonderful? Yeah, and that forgotten, you know, that, that forbidden city. We, we don't talk like that. We talk about the human things that happened, you know, like our crazy taxi driver and, and stuff like that and, and other things in Beijing that really kind of put you in the experience. And when it comes to the blog itself, <laughs> Blog itself. Uh, we have some travel tips. There's some. There's some cool uh, um, free reports you can download. One of them has, I think, what most people do, which is the travel hacks. We tried to come up with travel hacks no one else had come up with. So it isn't anything you've ever read before. And uh, also, we have a a, a a report on how to see countries for free in the midst of of your other travels. That has really got some pretty ninja advice in it. So we try to help people uh, enable them to travel, same time sharing some fun stories about destinations. Um, our our uh, our uh, blog post about North Korea is a fun one. People people like that one. So, and then we have that all supported with YouTube and everything. So some fun some fun uh, ones there, including uh, traffic in Amritsar, India, which was quite something to, interesting to film. So so uh, there you go. That's the site. Awesome. And uh, we've, we've definitely done a deeper dive into travel hacking, but uh, whenever we get travel hackers on the show, I love getting some tips and insights because that's a lot of the area that a lot of people would like to get into, but they don't really know where to start. It seems a little bit overwhelming. So, uh, you know, you've been doing it for a while. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your uh, tips, suggestions, advice for people who want to get into travel hacking. Well, um, when we talk about travel hacking, I don't know if we're talking about <clears> – <throat> quite the same thing some other people are like uh, we do collect miles and we do uh, uh, have the credit everything in life on our credit card so that we can see the miles pile up and, and you do save a lot of money that way but the actual uh, travel hacks we talk to are, are things that make your traveling easier or ways to get more out of your travel for example um, here's one that isn't in the report it, it's how to get over jet lag you know if you travel to a lot of places and take a long flight um, I think a lot of times people come to a new country and they either just try to, to tough through it. You know, I remember our first day in Sydney, Australia, we were absolutely bushed after the flight, but we were so excited to be in Australia that we were going to just forget. We were like, sleep when you're dead and then go out in the town and just hit it really hard. Um, other places we've gone and we were so exhausted that we just decided to sleep and then you sleep the next 12 hours. And when you wake up, you really haven't changed much. You're still on the old time schedule. So what we recommend when you go to a new place and like another part of the world where you're going to be very, where you're going to be very travel, uh, you're going to be very jet lagged, 
is to check into your hotel and take a three-hour nap, right? And then when you wake up, see if you can make it through to the normal schedule and then fall asleep at the normal time. And it's amazing how it's worked really well, not just for us, but for our kids. The other travel hack there, of course, is to arrange your schedule, your flights. So you get off a flight that you're incredibly tired from right around bedtime where you where you arrive. Like last time we went to Beijing, China, we got there at 8.30 at night. And by the time we got to our hotel, it was 10 o'clock and we were just naturally tired. And the next thing you know, we're on their schedule. So that's a couple kind of counterintuitive ways to be jet lag right there. That's a good travel hack. Yeah, love those tips. Uh, you're almost forcing yourself into the new time zone. Uh, I love that idea. So you force. It's by subtle force, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're also doing uh, world schooling, unschooling, homeschooling. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the education of your kids work. Uh, even though you're based, uh, you know, in Texas, you're still uh, doing the non-traditional educational approach. So tell us a little bit more about why you guys decided to uh, follow that route and uh, how you're schooling your kids. Well, <clears throat> we're not doing unschooling. We have structured curriculum. We do put them through grade levels. Um, we do teach them amazing things, and you guys also do uh, lots of get-togethers and lots of things that are social. John, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of the things you guys do? Um, sometimes I go to a so, someone's house every Wednesday to do like a little co-op, and I have fun with my friends there. So that's one way I get together with my friends. Right. You guys have park day? Yeah. Well, we don't go there anymore. Oh, well, okay, but you used to. Yeah. yeah. You change it around a little bit. Yep. And then you guys go to the farm sometimes? Yeah. Is and that then, fun, Sarah? And then Sarah has um. Hey, I want to do mine. <laughs> Sarah can talk about her. Sarah, what about yours? Talk to the camera. What are you doing? I. Hiccup. No. no. I go have the other thing like making that co-op. And one of them, you get to make slime and paint the pumpkin. Ah, you got to paint the pumpkin. Yeah, that's uh -huh. what you did recently. Sure. Uh -huh. So that we do lots of things that are very social that bring them together with a lot of kids. And really, on the from the world schooling perspective, we, we take our curriculum with us where we go. Um, we are not full-time nomadic. When we are on, in, like I said, this year has been kind of a different season of the same TV show got a kind of a different theme <clears throat> but um, when we're traveling what we do is we keep our home base here in San Antonio and then we go for about five or six weeks then come back and and, and have an itinerary fly around and see lots of different uh, places um, but we believe like most world schoolers that uh, it's all one big field trip and having a field trip to the actual country is better than even better than having a field trip to a museum and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I'm curious to know about, like, for example, the daughter, because our oldest is right now the exact same age as yours with the five-year-old. Tell us about how you're teaching those hard skills, like uh, reading, writing, and uh, mathematics, et cetera. Now you guys have a classroom, right? Right? It's in our bedroom. Yes. It, the classroom is built into their little bedroom suite area. So, like, uh, they have a whole corner in there that, that's, that's set up like a classroom. So that's pretty cool, right, Sarah? Yes, you can go. Sarah wants to wants to leave now. Say bye, Sarah. Bye. Good bye, Sarah. Nice you. All right. <clears throat> Thanks for coming on the show, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Say bye. 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 bye.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about the curriculum you're using, too. What kind of uh, homeschooling curriculum are you guys using? Why don't you answer? Um, um, for <clears throat> math, I'm using teaching textbooks. For history, we're using history pockets. Mm -hmm. um, let me think. Um, we're doing all about spelling. Yeah. Um, and writing. Easy grammar for easy grammar. grammar. Yeah. Um, just write, which is made to build up writing skills to make you not so intimidated when you write stories. So that's pretty good. Yeah, you've been you've been hammering that one, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sarah, you want to come back? <laughs> She's telling John a secret. <clears throat> She's hijacking your show. <laughs> it's all good. All good. Uh, you know, part of part of being an entrepreneur is you've got kids running in and out of the set, and uh, you know, uh, making a ruckus. But that's that's the joy of being a dad and being able to work from home. Or oh, you're leaving too. No, I'm not leaving. I'm helping Sarah. Oh, Sarah needs assistance. You know, you invite the kids on the podcast, and you know, the things take twists and turns. You know. All good. All good, my friend. Uh, so, Scott, uh, curious to know about the whole uh, uh, financing of these trips. Uh, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you guys do uh, dating coaching, relationship coaching, a little bit of business coaching. So tell us about uh, a little bit about the origin there. How did you get into it? Ah, Well, um, both Emily and I went through rough divorces, and we found love with each other. Um, I had decided after that that I didn't want to be a victim, that I, I, everybody told me I was this great father, great husband, we're so sorry this happened to you, and that just made me feel bad about myself. So I certainly didn't want, I certainly didn't want history to repeat itself, so I'm going to sit up, and because um, you now you, now you can share the camera with me since Sarah's not here, yeah, just two of us. So um, I decided to learn everything I could about how to attract women and how to be a better man. And next thing you know, I started turning up to social events with really great women. And my friends were like, how are you doing that? Because, I mean, look at you, you know. And um, eventually married a, a beautiful, very sweet woman which who made very cute kids. And so, um, you know, I was doing a lot right. And Emily uh, was totally on board because I was. it was a fledgling company when I was starting it back in 2005. And I met Emily and I told her what I was thinking about doing. And she was like, oh, that sounds like an incredible, fun thing to do. And so she turned out to be a wonderful dating coach in her own right. And since then, we've built our audience through podcasting, actually, like you're doing right now. We had one of the first dating podcasts back in 2006 that's still live today called X and Y on the Fly. And next thing you know, uh, we started building our audience, built a newsletter list that started off with uh, 15 people and now has about 60,000 and um, built our social media base when that became the thing to do with Twitter and Facebook in particular. Um, we do YouTube. We've, we've gotten, uh, we've talked all over the world, you know, on stage talking about it. And what that does um, along with the production of information products, Know, downloadable courses you can buy to get you to teach you how to be better in certain areas of your relationships. Um, the info products have have helped fund um, our entire lifestyle. Um, you know, we are lifestyle entrepreneurs. We're not out to build an empire. We're out to have personal freedom. Is what we were after. 
So, you know, um, we definitely make enough to enjoy that personal freedom and do these things that we want to do, uh, whether that's planning a six week trip out of the country with the kids or taking them to a, a, you know, a bicycle motocross national in Louisville, Kentucky for the weekend, you know, and, and working our way back slowly um, with our RV. Uh, between that and doing live coaching with people, which can largely be done over Skype, uh, you know, that what that does is it creates a nice a nice business whereby we can fund our lifestyle effectively. Awesome. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your top tips because I think uh, most of us could uh, improve our relationships. I know I could definitely improve the relationship with my wife, with my kids, with myself, and uh, we definitely need that in our world. Uh, with uh, You mentioned the divorce, uh, divorces, and it's like an epidemic now at like 50% plus, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't seek help in this area. They might, uh, you know, be folks on money or, or uh, help, but then the relationships get neglected. So, well, yeah, I would love to hear your tips uh, from all of your years of experience and expertise, Scott. You want to hear John's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd love to hear the kids' perspective. Let's hear it from John. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, John wants me to go first. I'm convinced he's going to take he – he already gets he – he's got girls around him wherever he goes already. <laughs> I'm convinced he's going to take over the company in 10 years <laughs> and make it into a billion-dollar enterprise. Um, well, tips for relationships in general. I mean, first of all, it is a huge, huge area. I mean, we have li quite literally been talking about men, women, and relationships for 12 years, and I still have over a thousand different topics I could write about that I haven't written about yet. I literally have like a thousand fifty-five of them. I keep a list. That way, I never get writer's block. You know, whenever I think of a topic, I write it down. Kind of like a stand-up comedian, whenever he thinks of a joke, writes it down right then and there, and then he's never lost for material. But for, for couples, <clears throat> for parents, um, I think one, one, of the, one of the things to remember is if you're a man, don't be afraid to be a man. And if you're a woman, don't be afraid to be a woman. I think uh, a lot of what you see in the media is attempting to blur the lines between genders um, for whatever political reasons. And yet, men and women still attract each other. I think when you're talking about a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get some water here. I think when you're talking about a relationship, Emily and I typically have um, three pillars, at least three pillars out of four that we can present in a, in a family podcast. And one of them is to be optimistic. I think when people come into a relationship thinking everybody of the other gender is just horrible and I'm about to get cheated on and you're not expecting the best of the other person. I think what you're doing is you're building in a self-fulfilling prophecy that your relationship isn't going to work. But when two people come together who are optimistic, then, you know, they're expecting the best of each other, and then that self-fulfilling prophecy can work. The uh, second one is to be generous. A lot of people have become more and more narcissistic, especially here in Western culture. And you even see dating advice out there that unfortunately says, here's how to get what the other person to give you what you want. Well, Emily and I are both relatively generous people. We like, I love seeing her happy. She loves seeing me happy. So when we give to each other, the sum of one plus one equals five or six or eight instead of just merely two. And the third is a lot of times you hear advice that, you know, you need to work on your communication. You need to work on trusting each other. But I think when you meet someone and you just get each other, when you realize, hey, this person's one of me, she's on my team. I think the trust and the communication tend to take care of themselves because you actually 
have someone you understand. You have someone you can be a friend with. Someone who, you know, like Emily and I can look at each other and start laughing because we know what the other person's thinking. We complete each other's sentences, all of those wonderful things. And when you have that, not only do you make short work of the communication and the trust, and, and you know, why, what I mean by the trust part is if, if she thinks like me, then all I have to do is think, what would I do? And I know what she would do. Like, for example, if either one of us ever cheated on the other one, I, we would be so overloaded with guilt, we'd have to throw it on the table. But I adore her so much, I don't even think about cheating, and she doesn't either. So the trust is kind of built in. You know, Ricky, a lot of times people say, oh, relationships are a lot of work. It's really not when you have someone who is your, of your own mind. I mean, life has been so much easier consistently across the board because I have Emily in my life, and she would tell you the same thing. So, you know, that's just a little bit there before we bore John to death. Um, How do you make girls like you, John? I don't really know. <laughs> he doesn't, I, think he I think it's just that um, with you as my dad, it just comes naturally. So you get an example. <laughs> well, what about being charming? Um, do you know what that means? Yes. What does that mean? It means um, making yourself look better than you already do. Well, how do you do that though? Do you brag about how good you are? Do you go? No. Do you go to do the girls at the BMX track and go, "Hey, look how great I am," and they go, "Oh yeah, you're great." What do you do? Um, I wouldn't recommend bragging because then they won't think you're a, you're just a show off. Right. Well, I agree with that. That does that's not very attractive, is it? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. You should try maybe try a little help. Well, let me, let me give you a couple hints. Instead of making yourself look so cool, why don't you make other people look cool? Then they'll think you're cool, right? Right? And and charming, you know how to define charming? Um, no, not really. Okay. I well, was just giving a little Being bit. charming means helping, is, is making people like you and making people want more of you instead of less of you. Got it. So it's a, it's a social skill whereby people are enjoying having you around and, and they're kind of, they're drawn into you. And you do that not by focusing on yourself, but by focusing on them, by helping them have more fun, um, keeping things light instead of really dark and things like that. And the next thing you know, people want you around. And um, also for guys, if you act like a boy, girls tend to like you. Yes. And when girls act like girls, you tend to like them. Yeah. That's how that tends to work. Yeah. I love it. Like father, like son, you know, you got the mini me there dishing you out. You kind of put him on the spot a little bit. He's not worried for that. <laughs> so uh, Scotty, you know, a lot of our uh, listeners, they are looking at getting the coaching or they might already be coaches. And sometimes it's a rough road uh, with getting clients, with keeping them, yeah. with building up that coaching business. You've been doing this for a while now. So tell us about how uh, you can uh, get more clients and keep clients as a coach. Well, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with someone who's a prospective coach yesterday. The first thing you have to do is you have to have your own life sorted out. You have to be walking the talk. And a lot of times people decide they're going to be coaches and their own, uh, their own story is still a mess. So you got to get that sorted out. Then you have to remember just because you got good at this doesn't mean you're good at teaching this. It doesn't mean you're good at empathizing with other people because nobody – one of the worst things in the world is a coach who's gotten arrogant with their own skills 
And they're like, well, I'm just going to bestow my greatness to everybody else. Everybody else is stupid and they need to just, you know, I've seen coaches roll their eyes at clients and completely disrespect them. I think it, it, it's kind of a delicate combination of, of walking the talk, knowing the skills, and also being able to impart those skills to other people, but all the while respecting your own position and respecting where other people are coming from and realizing, hey, we were there. People who are total naturals, who've always been attractive and have no problem with relationships, very rarely are in a position to teach others effectively and have that kind of respect. You know, you have to kind of come from a position of, 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 of having needed some help yourself in order to really be able to be the coach that you should be. Because like, for example, coaching is very forward, forward thinking. It's about building skills. It's about getting you to a place you want to be from where you are right now. So as a coach, I can be a lot more vulnerable and, and tell embarrassing stories and be more personal than, say, a therapist could be. And so, you know, for people who are aspiring to be coaches, first of all, make sure you have that house in order. Make sure it really is something you want to do and something you're good at. It used to be that when you didn't know what to do with your life, you defaulted towards sales. You know, you just go and get a sales job. And so you have a bunch of people in sales who really don't belong there. Nowadays, I say with a slight bit of hesitation, I think that's coaching. Everybody wants to be a coach because it's like, hey, I don't want to work anymore. I don't. I want to go everywhere and I want to travel, see the world and have all this money for doing nothing. You know, it's kind of the money for nothing song from Dire Straits. And that's just not the proper attitude to approach a coaching career. You shouldn't be going into this because of all the benefits you get from it, but because you really have a passion for the people you're trying to help. Like, Someone I talked to recently said they wanted to be a coach, but they didn't know what they wanted to coach yet. It's like, well, you need to find that passion before people will respect that passion and come to you for the for whatever you're going to impart and for and, and for you to be their sounding board too. Because it's not just teaching, it's listening too. But to answer your question about how I actually get clients, uh, good coaches are very uh, cooperative. The term is coopetition. You know, if you see every other coach out there is someone who's got to steal your clients, you're missing the forest for the trees because when we all collaborate and have each other on our podcasts and, and promote each other's work, what we do is we help build each other's notoriety. And we also leave room for people maybe to resonate with the right coach. And then we all build each other's practices up. Um, when you have information products, what you do is you put them on an affiliate program so that when other people, be they coaches or anyone really who has the wherewithal to, to be an affiliate marketer, you know, you can offer them a commission for, for pointing people towards your product. And then, you know, that's the, that's the holy grail, which is making money while you sleep. But um, in terms of, of keeping coaches, I mean, everything I do gives you a chance to talk to us for 25 minutes for free. So we can see if coaching is a good fit. So whenever you you enter my web universe, you're given that opportunity. Then I, I I faithfully do those calls with people so they know the value that we give them. And if it's a right fit, it is. And, and we get a steady stream of customers that way. And I think above all, Ricky, what we do is we, we over deliver. I mean, we're good at what we do. We have a 100% track record of success. Whenever I've been able to talk to, because I talk to people before we coach them, before they get into the program, I know whether they're going to succeed or not and whether we're the right coaches for them. And uh, in 12 years, we've never had someone fail. I mean, some people take longer. They're coming from a different position starting out, et cetera. Some people are more dedicated to the process. Uh, but ultimately, everybody works out. And then everybody leaves 
saying, man, I got so much value out of that. You know, Scott and Emily over delivered. I, I'm, I'm got the results I want. And then that creates a culture of them spreading the word about you, getting great testimonials. And then, you know, the snowball just keeps building. That's how we typically do it. Yeah, definitely results are key. And, you know, that's amazing. You have that high success rate. So congratulations and uh, definitely keep it up. Uh, well done, my friend. So, Scott, uh, curious to know about your vision forward where, uh, you know, mid-November here, well, end thank of you. the year thank and you. then entry in New Year. Tell us a little bit more about your vision, your plans, goals for your life, business, travels, etc. Well, you know, it's interesting since my kids have become bicycle motocross geniuses, uh, we were thinking this was going to be our year to just go whole hog on bicycle motocross racing and, and, uh, and do the nationals. And then something interesting happened on the way of our next year of going back to world schooling. They got really super good at it and started getting sponsorships and talking about factory teams and stuff. So next year, um, I think we're still going to be doing the BMX thing, but we do want to take at least a couple trips out of the country maybe to your coveted Japan and China. Yes. And then also to South America where you guys are because the kids haven't been there yet. But I think that's what we're going to do next year is kind of a hybrid of what we used to do and what we've been doing this year. Sounds great, Scott. So, uh, yeah, to end off here, if people wanted to, uh, you know, take you up in your offer there of uh, getting a, a complimentary session to see if there's a good fit and also – they wanted to follow you along in your travel adventures around the world. Um, how can they do that? Tell us about your sites, your social media, blog, podcast, etc. Okay. Well, the website for, for travel is wingitworldwide.com. And you don't know hyphens or anything. Just put wingitworldwide, W-I-N-G-I-T. Um, and, of course, enjoy that. It's all free. Um, that's a labor of love. If you want to uh, – if you're a woman and you're listening to this, my wife has a wonderful uh, audio program on how to take control of your dating life, which actually is pretty good whether you're married or single. And you can get that free if you go to keystobliss.com, K-E-Y-S-T-O-B-L-I-S-S, which is my wife's website, and uh, put a front slash bonus in front of that just because she's giving you a bonus. Um, our main site where you can find the podcast, I have a podcast for men that's wildly popular it's highly ranked on itunes called uh the mountaintop and um that you can find along with the link to our blog which has a lot of semi-viral posts on it by now because i get a little you know i talk about some things that are controversial um and, our, and of course the podcast emily and i do together x and y on the fly uh you can learn about coaching and, and see if that's the right fit for you all that is at deserve what you want.com and i have a free um report that really helps people iron out relationship and dating sticking points called sticking points solved that you can get for free when you join my newsletter. Uh, my newsletter has content that's really actionable every day. So it's not just another spam mail you're going to get that sells you something constantly. Um, I obviously do have offers for my own programs in there, but almost every day I put actual real content in there. So get you some. If you don't remember anything else from what I just said, just go to deserve what you want.com and it's all there. Awesome. I'm going to make it easy for the people who are listening and watching. I'll actually have the links below if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're uh, listening to this on iTunes or whatever the podcast directories, they'll be on the show notes. So uh, all those uh, resources that uh, Scott was recommending, 
uh, you can uh, click right through so you won't have to Google them and end up at a wrong site. So uh, click right through and, uh, you know, definitely follow Scott along. He's living an amazing adventure, visiting 100 plus countries around the world and, you know, uh, homeschooling the kids and, uh, you know, coaching people on how to better, have better relationships. So thanks again, guys. Uh, you know, it's great to have you guys on the show. And I wanted to wish John a happy 10th birthday once again. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure indeed, and thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.